Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. And here we are. It is Sunday. We're back to recording on a Sunday. Welcome to Yay. She Loves the Grid. I'm Claire. And I'm Diane. Welcome. Yes, it's Sunday. And last week, I was living my best life in Spain at the racetrack watching Carlos signs on the front row and then finish fifth <laughs> and now back <laughs> in Phoenix Ew. ready to go back. My neighbor said, when are you, when are you going back? And I'm like, as soon as possible. <laughs> but you want to go back and never return. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. As I was unpacking boxes this morning. So yeah. <laughs> I would like, cause then we would be closer together for, yeah. We would see each other more often. That would be so amazing. Well, I was just planning to move into your spare room. So, like, how close do you want to be? That worked. Come on. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. But, okay. So, speaking of um, traveling, one thing that we did not talk about last week, and I actually hadn't posted it yet, um, but I was thinking about posting it today, is when we got to the airport. And Claire and her partner met us there. She had a bag full of goodies for me. And we didn't share any of that stuff. So um, this is our bucket hat. Oops, there we go. With the She Loves the Grid logo on it. I did wear this on Saturday uh, with my vintage Ferrari. Why am I backwards? Holy moly. That's what it does so we can see it correctly. I know. Okay, here we go. Um, I did wear this. It's cuter when it hasn't been smashed in my suitcase. On Saturday with my vintage Ferrari pit shirt, um, was feeling horrible. So I think we took one photo from really far away and I didn't even think to like take more photos of this, but very, very cute. Um, we might put those out there, but it definitely came in handy on, uh, if you're watching on our YouTube, I'm trying to do a little close up, but it definitely came in handy on Saturday because it rained and <laughs> I, I had my umbrella, but was able to use my hat. So she pulled that out of her little bag when she met us at the airport. And then this surviving to drive the Gunter Steiner book that I was so, so, so upset earlier this year um, when for some reason they were doing signed copies they were selling them. And for some reason, it wouldn't take my credit card. So I don't know if if the bookstore in England wouldn't ship to the United States or what, but it just wouldn't take it. And somehow um, Claire found it. So there's the signature. And I did start reading it on my way home, which is really interesting because it's a year um, and it's almost like little diary entries kind of. <laughs> so <laughs> and, he, and then he intersperses with different things about like how he got started and um, he, you know, he has a storied history in not only rally racing, but obviously in F1 and how Haas came to be. And so, so far it's really, really good. I'm loving it. So I, we didn't talk about that last week and I haven't posted about it yet. So wanted to make sure that I shared yeah, that. And, and our guys were just not on point in videoing the meet because you ran and jumped up in my arms, which was hysterical. I loved it. I'm sure everybody in the, in the German airport are like, what in the world? <laughs> I did. I jumped on Claire. I saw her and I just, I, I, whatever I had in my hand, I just kind of shoved it. Nate and was like, Claire. they were terrible. They're terrible. Well, listen, I'm going to say Nate took some good pictures of it, 
of us in Berlin. Very yes. cute. Um, yes. But that was it. And we had to direct to that by saying back up and just snap, snap, snap. That was our direction yeah. for him. Um, <laughs> and we got some great photos. Like I totally need to get those framed. But otherwise, no, they were ter they're terrible. Like Instagram boyfriends or whatever uh, you I call know. them. <laughs> <laughs> we've, got to, we've got to get back together. I mean, come on, we've got to redo decades of like me being overweight and now I'm not and having to have all these great fabulous pictures of us together. So yeah. you got to work on that. I know. I will post more of the, did I post those on our Facebook, on our YouTube? Yeah, you guys know, yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Okay. There's a whole bunch of them. Like it's so, it's so hard to pick. I, I felt like we were like in the forties when they used to take those pictures walking, you know, arm in arm yeah, down the street. <laughs> It was getting a good Laverne and Shirley vibe. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love Laverne and Shirley. I had a cat named Shirley after Shirley from Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> but anyways, so I spent the rest of this week trying to not be sick anymore. And I feel like today um, I might be turning a corner, but then maybe not. I don't know. It's like, yes, no. Um, so we'll see. Back to work again tomorrow. So I need to. I need to relax. What about you? How was your week? It was just getting back at work and then playing some video games and trying not to go back to the craziness of working 16 hours a day. So I did I did a bunch on Wednesday, but then Friday I got my hair did. So, you yes. know. And it looks good. You look fresh. Thank you. Nice and bright red. So I love it. I love it. And I love your shirt. Your I shirt. I have one shirt for people who can't and see. And it's five months. Yeah. Mickey Mouse hands fried because you're Disney. That was my life. Yes. Yay. Pride month to be just pride, pride month all year long. Yeah, right. <laughs> because it's just like human, humanitarian, you know, like a, we're humans, but yes, we'll, human we'll get there one day. Maybe. Who knows? Shocking. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Into the week ahead and past. And it's, it's been interesting. I, like, I, I, I can see all this rumor stuff and stuff. I, it's going to be interesting going through everything and the, the point of the fan stuff that you see back and forth. It's been, it's been kind of funny. It's been a funny week. <laughs> and I haven't really been online much. I just, I think, you know, trying to get over being sick and then working Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I just have not been online a ton. So I've seen things here and there, but I just, yeah, I want to, I don't get sick often. And when I do, I'm kind of like, ugh, I don't want to do anything. So, <laughs> so yeah. for my, my, my nerd uh, gaming test all weekend. So I was like reading up on that. So I wasn't online as much F1. So, you know, which is okay. It was a, it was an off week. Um, you know, everybody's do off doing their things. And then we've got Canada coming up this week, which we'll talk about more. But, but Danny Rick can't stay out of the news. So he was like, pervasive ah. regardless and mercedes and speculations about mercedes and all that so okay let's just get going so, into everything i know okay well let's talk about well so we'll talk about mercedes here in a second but ferrari and mercedes stayed in barcelona um to do some testing for pirelli for new tire compounds for next year and i think between charles and george and mick and Carlos, they did like over 600 laps, which is insane. Like I, how many 600 divided by 66 laps? How many <laughs> was the Spanish Grand Prix? Like how many Grand Prix did they, did they run? But hopefully they got some, some really good stuff, but 
what I loved about Mick was he got so much attention this week for his, just how much time he is spending and what he's doing for Mercedes. And he was so grateful for the opportunity, you know, to, to be in a, a top car versus a Haas, right. Um, and to be out there and he's really putting in the work now, whether or not that's going to result in a seat for him next year, I don't know, but I guess on Friday, the Friday of, um, the Spanish grand Prix, he did nine hours of simulation testing, like overnight. Yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. I heard about all the simulation work. I was going to bring that up that they, they were kept, they kept talking about all the simulation work and how that really helped the team Yes, and, and how instrumental that was in their strategy, which I thought it was interesting. You didn't, I didn't hear much complaint about strategy this race, even though they didn't do as well as I think they said one, I didn't hear complaints about strategy. This yeah. race. No, not for Mercedes that, I mean, but hmm. being at the race, we don't get to hear the radios, but um, I mean, they, they finished great. And honestly, if, I, I mean, I know both George and Lewis publicly thanked um, yeah. Mick for, for those nine hours of, of doing work. And I shouldn't he, say they didn't do as well as they wanted. They, they definitely did much better than, right. Yeah. But I, mean, I should rephrase that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, it, you kind of wonder like, so Esteban Ocon, he, I guess had lost his seat a couple years ago and he was, you know, a reserve driver and he was talking about just how like, when he would do those simulation testing, he might get 26 minutes of solid sleep before oh, like between the testing and then going to whatever track, you know, on Saturday where the team is. Um, but that kind of stuff got him a, a seat, right. With Renault, he, you know, went back and, and got a seat. And really, I think we only have like possibilities of open seats at Williams, Alpha Tauri and Alpha Romeo. And, even with that, it's probably slim pickings. Like I don't, I could see um, Williams staying with Logan and Alex and Joe has done a good job the last two years. So I don't know that they would, you know, take away his seat. And then Alpha Tauri, I mean, Nick, maybe. <laughs> we have like two more years before we've got the extra teams, right? Is it yeah. 2026? Yeah. And do you want to wait like two years? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a thing is like, okay, you're out that long. You've got all these other guys that might be, you know, losing seats, but then you also have the F2 guys and, you know, other, other people that could be coming in. So I'm hoping that all of the work pays off for him. Um, but what do an you asset. Think go, though? I mean, if, you, if you had to pick now, who do you think would lose seats for Mick and others to gain seats? I mean, Nick, maybe. Uh, Logan, like I could see William sticking with him. Um, I, I don't think he's done what we thought he would do. Like from at the beginning, he just seemed to come out so strong. And I think he's had a little bit of bad luck. And clearly the Williams is the slowest car out there. So, you know, I could see them giving him another chance. But Nick, maybe. Otherwise, I don't know who else. Who would you get rid of? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like, you've got, yeah, to get, like, is Danny Rick, there's all these talks. And then again, right. You know, but there's Danny Rick, and then here, I mean, like, uh, who who would go? Because somebody's right. got to go to give someone a seat. Exactly. And and Mick would definitely not go back to Haas. I mean, I don't know what's 
what the situation is over there, but they're not going to take him back. That, that ended badly. <laughs> and like, so, you know, he, he doesn't have a whole lot of places to go. And we're still like, speaking of um, Mercedes, but we're still haven't heard anything about Lewis signing a contract. I mean, in Barcelona, he said, Oh, I think I'm meeting with Toto tomorrow for coffee and you know, we should be ready to sign, but if he signed, it's not been publicized true. yet. So that's true. That's true. There's been so many rumors about so that. That's the thing. Rumors. There's so many rumors, like so many rumors. I, if I hear one more time, oh, Charles and, and Lewis are going to swap. Like what? Okay. Like but here's something else that happened this week. And I, so people do this a lot of times with celebrities, and I don't know who has the time for this, but somebody somewhere, some super sleuth, noticed that Charles Leclerc started following Aston Martin. And he only follows two other F1 teams, and that's Alfa Romeo and Ferrari. So that kind of stuff like brings up even more speculation, right? Like, why is Charles all of a sudden following Aston Martin? Is something going to happen there? <laughs> Now, who's going to leave Aston Martin? I don't know. Lance's dad owns the, owns the team. Papa and Stroll. Fernando just got there. Fernando just got there. They're both having really good seasons. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. But it's that kind of stuff that makes silly season, which we're not even really into silly season. But it makes that silly season so silly. So, <laughs> so who knows? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I know. But speaking of Charles Leclerc. I guess he said he he had said something about how we're we're doing something wrong. Duh. Right. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, oh, you see, you actually worked that. Well, yeah. 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 Duh. Yeah. But yeah, I was shocked. I was shocked. I, I I just in fact when I saw like it qualifying, I was like, Diane's got to be like, did I hear a scream from from from? <laughs> Barcelona, like like a shrieking scream from Barcelona yes, to Berlin. It's like, yes, oh my gosh. You absolutely did. But I think what's even more confusing is kind of like this was the same situation sort of maybe in Miami, but the car is different every time you, you like go around a corner. So in Miami, they're like, you know, one corner, it's fine. The next corner, it's doing something completely different in Barcelona. Did you rewatch the race? Did you rewatch it? I didn't. I didn't. So I should see the breaking. Yeah, because you see the breaking. They kept talking about the breaking issues. That oh, I did having. see a video of him, like the car just totally wobbling. Yeah. Like, what the heck? But he was saying on Saturday, the rear of the car was really loose. And then on Sunday, it was the front of the car. So it's yeah, like, like, you don't know... <laughs> You don't know what's going on. And I swear he said, like, they haven't really analyzed it back at the factory. And it's like, is that what he meant to say? Because why not? Like, why? Yeah, why haven't you fixed? Like, that's like we that's were talking about the other day. Like, the, the, the one thing that I think is so cool about F1 and, and why I never thought I would get into racing is because until I got into F1, to me, it's like, oh, it's drivers driving the same car I'm like well I that's what I think is so cool about this is it's not the same cars that your car is part of the equation why yeah. haven't you analyzed it why haven't you if you yes. haven't really analyzed it that's freaky I'm hoping I read it wrong because I don't know how you don't analyze it <laughs> like, so I'm hoping that that I was I read it wrong but holy moly this is his third race this season with no points like this is Charles freaking Leclerc oh in a Ferrari. Oh my gosh, that's unheard of. Why? 
Why? One, that Mercedes is three races without a point in one of their cars. And then two, Charles Leclerc, three races. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Not good. No. Not good. So And to, and to finish your race without points and not because of a DNF. Right. That's, that's unheard of. That yeah, he just literally could not. <laughs> and you could not get into the top ten. It, it, it'd be different if he started 19th in Monaco. But he started 19th in Barcelona, and he could not. Yeah. That's he, shocking. He went up a lot, but also I think he gained an extra. I think he finished, what, 12th? But that's also he finished 12th because of Yuki. So he gained one point. Yeah. He gained yeah. a spot from Yuki. But at the same time, like, was he the one that was on hards and then went 17 laps and they put him on hards again? Like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. What, what is that? What is that? that strategy it's insane but today ferrari won the 24-hour le mans which i kind of wish i had a channel to watch that on but they haven't competed in that for 10 years so ferrari le mans can go 24 hours and win but charlotte and carlos can't do two hours and finish (laughs) on the podium it's so sad it's so sad but Good job, Ferrari Le Mans team, after 10 years out of the race. Like, good job. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> right, on to Aston Martin. By the way, I've been watching uh, a uh, nonstop, like, back-to-back of all the James Bond movies. Where they, Aston Martin's all in the... Oh, Aston Martin. And the, and the... Yeah, he drives Aston Martin's and, well, BMW's too, but it's like, he's like... Q comes out with an Aston Martin. I'm like, ooh, Aston Martin. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know those were my dream cars. I can't remember if I told this story or not, but when I went to the Barrett auction, um, it's a big car auction here every January, and we got to go to this brunch before at the Aston Martin dealership and then went to um, the auction itself. And every car, I'm not, I can't name most cars by like i have to see their little logo i can't just tell by the shape of the car or whatever it's a certain type of car but every single one i was like "Ooh, i like that one i like that one they were all aston martins i had no idea that i was so drawn to (laughs) to there's there's a recent one that's come out lately and it was like popped up in my some feet and it was like oh that's gorgeous because obviously now that i'm in berlin i don't need a car but if i were to buy a car i think i'd buy that one what is that there's an Aston Martin. Aston like, Martin. They're oh. gorgeous. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I'm Aston Martin. <laughs> they Come are on. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. I cannot believe they didn't. I mean, I knew it. I put him on my predictions just because he's my driver, but I knew it. I just, I just knew it. I just, I just had a feeling. And I'm like, I'm not getting a tattoo. Not, okay. I mean, not the tattoo that was for this race. I mean, not, exactly. not, I can't get a tattoo, but. Yeah, that was disappointing. But like you said, I, I kind of feel like we knew it was coming, even with qualifying. Like, he qualified so low and stuff. But um, he did say, like, this is the last race that they're going to do without a podium this season, which is a very bold statement. But, yay, good. <laughs> Get back did up you hear him? Did you hear him on the radio about, like, he uh... – and at the end, you've got a little talk, talking about pumping Lance. But there at one point, they, he's like, you know, the team's telling me to go past Lance. He's like, no, no, just let Lance stay ahead of me. And I'm like, yeah. 
Yeah, but Lance, Lance was asked about that afterwards, and and he was very salty about it. You know, like, why aren't you asking him? Like, I mean, at this point, it, I would love to have seen it, but, you know, Fernando does what Fernando does. Like, he doesn't care. <laughs> like, he doesn't oh, care. He's so like, much for being the bad boy of F1. He's definitely not this year. He's no. definitely not at all. He's like no. like pop, miss, Mr. Plush, like, teddy, teddy bear or something. <laughs> I just think every video I see of him makes me love him more from the sniffing of the flowers to the before the driver's parade in Barcelona, where he just gets so in the cute. car and he's like all proud of himself. <laughs> Valtteri gets in and yeah, he is just the cutest. But um, I did come across a video and I think Claire has it from the race in Barcelona. And we we've talked so many times about how He's watching videos during the race, or the video screens, not just videos, <laughs> but while he's driving, but watching the video screens as he's going around, how he's just so, he seems to know everything that's going on on the track. And I think I would love to just sit in the pits and listen to his radio, <laughs> the, the conversation between him and his, his engineer, because he is noticing everything and he's saying like, this is what needs to happen. So I don't even, know. Even the commentator's gonna kick. Yeah, here it is. Yeah. Big impeding on the Alpine on that lap to Verstappen. Massive one, I mean, into 10-4, that uh, will be three places. Understood. <laughs> well, part-time race director, full-time Grand Prix driver. <laughs> I mean, he's just driving around like uh, Alpine, big, <laughs> big impeding <laughs> on Max. <laughs> That's three that spots. Three <laughs> spots, yeah. Just he's so matter-of-fact about it, and he is. It's like it's like a part-time uh, race director. Like that's that's three places. And I'm sure his engineer. Like I would be cracking up all race if I was his engineer listening to those <laughs> those comments. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I would be like, uh, can yeah, you focus. I... <laughs> he doesn't need. Why are we here? Why are we here? Eyes on the road. Eyes on the road. <laughs> Like when, when I used to take my son when he first started dancing because of his high functioning autism, we'd go to the stage like, what color stage? It's black. Look up. Hey, Fernando, here, not up here. Let's, let's stay down here. <laughs> but he can do it all. He can do it all. He, he can. can. He's amazing. Screen. He can direct the race. He can, you know, assert penalties and he can get on the podium. So, well, most of the time, get on the podium. But, well, most of the time. well, twice now, I guess. Twice. He has it. Yeah. Not too shabby, but Lance. So, you know, what's interesting. I don't think we talked about Lance much last week, but prior to the race last week, there was a lot of chatter online about like, you know, Lance, is he doing enough? Like he started off so strong. He seems to have fallen back. Cause he, you know, he had a couple races where he didn't qualify great and he kind of finished towards, towards the back, but Boy, this week did he come roaring back, or last week he came roaring back. He out qualified Fernando. He yeah. um, obviously finished ahead of Fernando, um, and he had a really, really good race. And we'll talk about Canada more, but we're coming up on his home race, and so I think that you know he's this year probably more than any year. He he's got a car that's killing it, and he might do really well up in Canada, which would be exciting. Yeah, he did, he did, and he, um, let's see, he, 
I was just looking at because he uh, he started what in fifth? Yeah, he started in fifth. He was up as high as third. I think he got past Lewis at the beginning initially. Yep. So yeah, he started and then he started fifth and ended in sixth. That's pretty good. Yeah, not not bad at all. So good job, Lance. Love to see it. Love to see it. So we'll see what happens this week in Canada. We'll see. But Mercedes, we kind of talked about Mercedes a little bit, but Lewis also this week came out and said that they think by the end of the year, they might, might be able to fight um, Red Bull a little bit more. He kind of mentioned there they've got more stuff in the pipeline and um, clearly this race was great. Talking about the, fast, the fastest cars though, just take a look at the fastest laps. I mean, we kind of expect Red Bull to be one and two. Number three was Mercedes. I believe it. Who was it? George or Lewis? It went Max, uh, Checo, Lewis, Lando, and then George. Interesting. For the fastest laps. Wow, Lando. Yeah. I mean, that didn't really reflect in their finishing. (laughs) I didn't believe it or not. Then K-Mag, then Fernando. Because those those hosses are good on one lap. They one just, lap, yeah, one lap. They, You're cannot, right. they cannot do a whole entire race. They've got great one one lap speeds. Woo! <laughs> but for, but Ferrari ended up being ninth and eleventh for fastest laps. Great race. I, race, so. I, I don't know what's up with them. I don't. Anyway, I don't either. So. Anyways, F1. It's good to see Mercedes. I mean, Mercedes just sparked Mercedes. They're they're like my my second team or my other team, one green, two Mercedes Germany. So I I was really happy to see that. It's nice to see that they're kind of like the money where your mouth is, right? They said they had had some improvements, and we saw it. Right. And and I think, like, we've talked about um, Fernando a lot and just his his presence when he's driving. We've also talked quite a a bit this year about – Mercedes and just like the culture at, you know, at their headquarters. And, you know, they have said from the very beginning when we had that whole week of the, you know, oh, we're terrible. We're so sorry. Um, And then they have put their head down and they made changes internally, moving some people around in different positions and working on this car. And you, you know, again, you've got Mick, your reserve driver is, is in there doing all kinds of simulation work. And everybody from the drivers on down, you know, to the people at the factory are putting in the work. And I mean, hopefully it wasn't a one-off. Hopefully it wasn't like that was just a great circuit for their car. Um, Hopefully we'll see it going forward, but it's kind of exciting to see that progress. They started here and we're what, this is going to be round nine or 10 Um, round nine, I think. And look at the difference. Look how much ground they've made up. So. Well, and aside from the controversy about Russell from that one part, but he went from 12th to third. Yeah. And then Hamilton went from, um, was it fourth to second? I think it was. So and that's Amazing. still pretty good stride. Pretty good stride. That's, so. that's really good. And so far, the two races that I've seen in person last year at Austin and then this year at Barcelona, Max has been first and Lewis has been second. Interesting. I thought that was kind of fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> the third place was a little different with uh, Charles was in Austin and then obviously this one, George. But yeah, 
Max and Lewis. I mean, pretty lucky getting to see some of these amazing drivers. That's all. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So F- F1 Academy, I interrupted F1 you. F1 Academy. Day. So they um, haven't raced for a couple weeks, and I think it's two more weeks, and they're racing in Vandevoort. Um, so a little bit of time. But Susie Wolf came out with a new initiative um, called Discover Your Drive. That launched this week. And what it's going to do is it's going to offer girls and young women the opportunity to take part in entry-level programs to promote female participation in the sport. So the first thing that they're going to do is they're launching a karting program in the UK. And so it's going to start at six venues, but then by 2024, I believe it should be in 38 venues. And I want to say it's like girls eight to 12 and it's indoor karting. Um, But we know like with the guys, like they all know each other from their karting days when they were young, right? And so they have this opportunity and that's kind of where a lot of them start is in karting. So this is going to start those girls young, like the guys, and hopefully progress them through up to F1 Academy. So I love that they're kind of starting at the beginning. They're not trying to figure out like, let's find women and and girls now and, and start putting them in cars. This is going to take a while. It's not something that's going to change overnight. So let's start with these programs with the younger girls, get them interested in it, get them experienced, let them do the indoor racing and progress up from there, which I think is awesome. Um, So then they're hoping, um, well, we know starting with Austin this year, F1 Academy is going to be racing alongside. And when I say alongside, they'll just have they're racing on the same um, weekend as one. So going forward from there on, um, so they are going to hopefully start doing more stuff around the world in like the days leading up to these F1 races once they're kind of on the same calendar, which again, I think is really exciting because it's not just going to be limited to the UK. It's going to be, you know, around the world. They'll be able to go into these communities where where they'll be racing and do different events to get women and girls um, into it. So I love that. I love that they're continuing like to progress and they have these things coming out and they've identified four pillars that they want to focus on. So youth engagement, which is kind of what we just talked about, like getting them started young with the indoor karting, talent identification, participation and progression, and then creating a community around that. So I think it's kind of cool to be, I don't want to say like in on the ground floor because we're not like directly involved, but I think it's really exciting. And with the resurgence of women's sports all over the world, how much, how many people are watching and and more and more girls and women getting involved, the perfect time to set this off. So very, very excited for F1 Academy and the prospects for women and girls that are interested in the sport. Well, we're building a community too. So I think it's kind of cool too, but yeah, I love if it's going to be like that and they build it out for next year, because if, if that makes sense to build it out, that number of venues, if they're going to be going along with F1, you know, participating yeah. along with F1 next year, because then they'll be at all those different locations, right? So that'll, yeah. that'll make it go on. And then maybe you and I could be at multiple races next year too. We'll experience was- some of it, you know? I think that would be incredible. I would love to see the women, the women race. Um, I think it would be really, really fun. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's awesome because it's, it's, it's such a neat thing. And, um, and like, just, just, I think it would be cool too, the talent identification too. If the, um, and I want to look into it to see that just not just the, the driver part of it, but the engineers and the, the yes. mechanics and all of that, right? Because again, it's the yes. whole gamut, right? F1 is more than drivers, right? Yep. So we're talking about this. I was talking about this with a coworker the other day. If you took Max, put him in Williams, he's yep. going to win. It's not to, not to slight Williams because of the cost caps and all that kind of stuff, but it's not just the talent of the driver. It's the driver and the, the engineering in the car. It's both. Exactly. So that's, and that's, that's the beauty of F1. Yep. And that's a, such a good thing um, that you just mentioned because there are other, um, I think while I was gone last week, uh, I don't think it was Red Bull. I don't remember. One of the teams started a program for, for women um, and girls uh, along those lines, as far as engineering and all of that stuff. Like they're, they're wanting to bring them in. And same with F1 Academy, not just at a driver level, but at a strate strategist, a engineer, like all of it, mechanic, like everything. So uh, very, very exciting. That's so Good cool. time to be a part of this sport. But, I love this last one we have for just kind of in between the races. Danny Rick and Will Arnett. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what a pair. Is, it, is she this kind of stuff? And it's like. Yeah. Like, Danny, are you going to ever be able to get back in the seat? Because you were just such a ham and doing all this. And and I get none of the other, I guess some of the other third seat drivers are not, like, as out there and personable. Or, or maybe they're just not that comfortable. But, oh, my gosh, how could you ever do anything else but be in front of the camera and have a good time? Because he's it's, just so perfect for it. He is absolutely perfect for it. And, like, F1 needs him. Yeah. You know, we, we've talked about how he's really brought out the personality in Max this year with all their little videos that they do at Red Bull. But when you think back to the first episode of Drive to Survive, like a lot of people got hooked on the sport because of Daniel Ricardo. He's so fun. He's so out there. Like he's a good driver. Um, and, you know, maybe there won't be an opening for a seat for him next year. So I'm full on, like, get out there and see what else you love to do. But I really wish I had ESPN because I I kind of envision this. Um, like, if you're in the United States, the Manning brothers, Peyton and whatever his name is. Eli. Eli. My favorite Manning is Cooper Manning. So, I like, I love Cooper Manning. Um, he's, I don't think he ever played in the NFL, but he, no, is he, he had, hurt his back. Okay. So there you go. But his son is really good, but he's the funniest Manning brother. If you ask me, and they're all really pretty funny. So they do this Monday night football where they're watching, but they have, you know, other people on and they're just chit chatting. And that in my head is how I'm envisioning this Danny Ricardo and Will Arnett, who I, I do like Will Arnett. He's hysterical and he's got such that dry sense of humor that I really kind of want to watch and listen to what they have to say. I think it's oh, going to be. He, he hosts Lego Masters. Come on. I love like, Lego Master. So come on. Like, <laughs> I love Lego so Master. But they're going to do it three times. And so they're already starting with Canada. So they just announced this week that they're going to be oh, doing this. And they're it. already starting with Canada. So I, I wonder if I get, I got to resubscribe to Disney plus. I wonder if I can get it through Disney plus. Oh, I have Disney plus and, and I have ESPN plus. 
I wonder if they'll be that. I wonder. Mm. Oh, I need to check that out. So they're going to do Canada, Austin, and then Las Vegas. So, I mean, Las Vegas, I I can just envision. It's going to be a hoot. It's going to be a hoot. But if they are doing prep work in Las Vegas before they actually go on the air and they have all these little things, you know, that they can show. Oh, my goodness. I just beside myself. So I I might have to figure out how to get this (laughs) next week. It's going to be a hoot. It is going to be a hoot. I love Danny. Ricardo. I saw that. I was like, this, this, this can't be real. Oh my gosh. It's real. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> cause yeah, there's so much other speculation on the different fan sites and stuff. When somebody said that, I was like, no, then I searched it. I'm like, ah, it's I know. Amazing. It's I, be amazing. I cannot wait, but just any, however, Daniel Ricardo wants to show up in F1 is I'm down with it. Like he could drive, he could be a reserve driver. He could do this commentary stuff. Like, I mean, I come care. on, he's getting paid a good chunk of money to go and have a good time. So I, I, I could, I could, I'm down for that. I'm yeah. down for that for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we'll have to see, hopefully we'll be able to watch it and we can talk about it next week. Um, what right. else happened this week? There wasn't, I mean, like I said, I wasn't online a lot, but Charles Leclerc has started another new business. I say another. This guy is, I don't know how he has time to race because I think he's getting a pilot license. He's recording music. um, And now he started (laughs) this new business. So he is, it almost sounds like a concierge type service, but for elite athletes. And I think they're based in Monaco. Yeah. So I started following them. I can't remember what it's called, but it really is you know, they'll take care of like your house, travel. Um, When you're elite athlete, there's so much pressure on your time. Right. And so they, their whole thing is like, we will take care of all of this stuff, you know, maybe running your errands, your groceries, whatever, um, booking your travel, making sure your family's taken care of. Um, So you can focus on the stuff that's actually like making you money, the training and the and yeah. the racing and, and all of that stuff. But um, I just thought, what a great idea. And how do I get a job? Like, <laughs> I, I was thinking the same thing. Oh my gosh, Diane, I, I think I have an idea for you. For this that. is right up my alley. Like I am concierge extraordinaire. And so, yes, believe me, um, they say who he's founded it and there's all these people involved, but I'll move to Monaco. I don't care. Like I am so... That is right up my alley. So yeah, may, you may not be surprised. If- <laughs> the one thing that I, the one thing, and I don't know if you've got it in the notes, because um, I don't know if you've got it in there, but it was one thing that I had heard this week was the, the and I just saw it on the F1 news site, was uh, on F1.com, was was um, Nui talking about the two times that he was tempted by Ferrari to move, which I thought was interesting. I didn't, but I what did it say? Like, what was, what prevented him from going? Like, what else do we need to do to <laughs> get Adrian Newey over to Ferrari? He said there's a couple of times, uh, occasions earlier in his Formula One career, that he Ugh. came close to joining Ferrari, describing the allure of the famous Italian manufacturer is very tempting. Okay. Well, who screwed up at Ferrari and did not it- promise him the world? It was during his time at Williams in the early to mid nineties. He found himself pondering the move to there. So it was it was earlier in his career. And nowhere so. nobody's gonna get him away from Red Bull at this point. 
Like, there's no way. Oh. Christian Horner is not going to let that happen. Helmet the most, yeah. Happen. And the most time we've attempted was from the 93 time and also in actually 97 when he moved from Williams to McLaren. It was a very oh, tough was, choice. That was so long ago. Our kids were born in 96, for crying out loud. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like 27 ago. years ago. Darn it. I mean, just yeah, give him so. whatever he wants. Like, who knows how long he re-signed his contract with Red Bull this year, but just give it to him. Like, for crying out loud. That is insane. Did you see the picture or the, and I didn't, James Bowles uh, from Williams talked about this, but I didn't have the energy to listen to the whole video. But when Logan's car was pulled off the track in Barcelona, there was a picture taken of the underside of the car and they compared it to the underside of the car that we saw for Mercedes and Red Bull. And it looks like <laughs> it's kind of sad, but they're, they could not be more different. Like the bottom no, of, the I did floor not. of the Mercedes car has, you know, all of this stuff. And it just looks like the Williams car is just flat. There's nothing there. And I did, James said, listen, like, yes, they're two completely different, you know, floors. I think he was kind of admitting we probably <laughs> aren't doing the right thing with our floor, but he said, it's also the, the angle, like their photo is focused more like on the front and ours is focused more on the rear. So it's not, you're not comparing like to like, but I might have to investigate that a little bit more uh, this week and we can talk about it, but it very, very different. And when you know that the floor is key, right? That's what the down the aerodynamics and, and part of the aerodynamics. And yeah, you'll have to, we'll have to get those. I would see those images and I'll put them up on a slide. We'll compare yeah. them. Yeah, Overland. we'll compare them because I just found that really interesting. I'm like, oh, that is two totally different things. And if you're an engineer at Williams and seeing that, you'd be like, oh, we didn't do this right. Because <laughs> I have to tell you, I, when they keep talking about Mercedes versus Red Bull and being up there, I'm like, I, I, I saw a lot of similarities for them to be that they've never seen each other. So, I, you know, I did see similarities. Interesting. So just very with, from a novice, completely amateur, you know. So I've I've not compared the two side by side, but I do yeah. remember them both being up there and then being all this controversy going. I I don't remember them being drastically different, but again, this is just memory and not seeing them side right. by side. So I'll have to do that. I'll have to look at them. We should we should do that. Uh, we should pull the Red Bull, the Mercedes, and then the Williams. Well, now the Mercedes. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that for next week because I just thought that was kind of interesting. Um, but also speaking of Charles Leclerc, which we should just call this section the Charles Beyond the Grid um, because <laughs> we kind of did talk about the sleuthing that people did and now he's following Aston Martin. But I thought this was kind of cool. So he auctioned off um, basically everything he wore in the Monaco race, which was a special helmet, special... Um, I heard that helmet suit. took like a ton Took a ton. He, he he sold it for a ton. Oh, like yes. So they actually set Sotheby's said they set a new world rec record for it. It's the helmet alone sold for three hundred and six thousand euros. Three hundred six thousand. Was so, yeah, there's a three zero in there somewhere. Yep. And the money um, that was raised was going to help the people um, with the floods in Italy. So I mean, he sold his gloves, his boots, his his race suit. Um, but yeah, the euros. I mean, the Euros, the helmet setting a record, which I think is amazing. Like, I wish I had $306,000 just laying around to go <laughs> buy that helmet. But 
I thought that you was said it was three hundred and six thousand euros, right? Oh, euros. Yeah. Did I That's say three hundred and twenty nine thousand US? Oh, goodness gracious! I give you. I don't in, have in, that kind of today's, money. Today's 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 market, yeah. <laughs> but I thought that was pretty cool, and I love that you know the teams are still looking for ways to help the MLO awesome. region. Um, they are also auctioning off. I don't think they've done it yet, but the trophies that they because the race was canceled. They already have the trophies and all of the drivers and all of the principals have signed them. Um, so oh. first, second and third. And so they're going to auction those off as well. And I thought, what a great idea. I mean, somebody to actually have a, the first place Imola. I would take the third place Imola like trophy, but have everybody's signatures on it. Like what a very of course, cool money. Neither one of us has, but would it be cool? It would be cool in my dream world um, to just, like, and then at the same time, help the people from the region, like, you know, as they continue to, to clean up. So we'll keep an eye on that too. I think that would be a really, a really cool, like piece to have in your house someday. You know, maybe. Cool. And you're going to hear it first here because we're seeing it on Sunday at 8.30 PM Berlin time, which is 2.30 PM Eastern, just seeing it now on June 11th, that it should be auctioned off and whoever wins it, one of them then needs to donate the trophy back to the city of Imola for them to put on display. Oh, I love that. I think that would be great. I would totally do that if I had the money to buy it in the first yeah. place. So we could always, you know, she loves the grid. If people want to put that sort of, we would do it, but we just don't have that kind of cash. But yeah. just saying, I think that would be like a really stand up thing to do to like put it like in the town or like in one of the schools or something like that yeah. to help like raise money and to be like a constant kind of thing to people could, you know, like as a touristy thing to say, you could come by and see the trophy. Yeah. With all the signatures. That was part of, yeah, with all the signatures and be like, and then every time you come by, you could donate. And any money that you come to see it, then it continues for restoration of the region for then and for any kind of future flooding that could happen, because obviously it's a susceptible region. Yeah. Just saying an idea first here, because mm -hmm. I'm doing the date and time because we <laughs> seem to get copied all the time. Yes, we do get copied all the time. We date and time stamped when I said it. I love it. I am down with it. So if we see that go off, whoever wins we'll put a little comment like now yeah, donate it yeah back. donate, donate it back or the area oh, the region I did. yeah Just um, okay other people living my life um the alpine drivers <laughs> were today at the uh men's french open and they saw djokovic ugh, win um <laughs> i'm sorry i don't oh, like him. I really feel Diane. <laughs> i can't stand that guy I am a huge Rafa Nadal fan. Um, he is the king of clay, but unfortunately, I may have lost my opportunity to see him play um, ever. But yeah, so he he was not sadly participating in the French Open this year, but it was kind of cool to see Esteban and Pierre all dressed up, second, first and second row watching, um, yeah, living my life at the French Open. So... <laughs> Life doesn't suck for the French drivers, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And then Valtteri continues his bike racing. So it seems like regularly on an off week, he is doing some sort of gravel bike race. He finished third. 
Um, wow. And I think this was a race that he and his, I don't know if they're married or if it's just his girlfriend, um, who I've mentioned before, she's an Olympic level um, bicyclist. Uh, they put this on and I think he said they've been planning it for two years. And so it sounds like it went off great. And he won, I think there were different um, races. So some that were a lot longer than others, but he did end up um, third. So, so cool. Yeah. So he's winning on his off weeks because <laughs> he's not winning in the alpha or male right now, but <laughs> I'm feeling very catty. Okay. Anyway, better. I, I, maybe I am starting to feel better. Um, except my nose is still so stuffy. So one thing I also forgot to mention last week. So on the flight over to Berlin, I saw this really cool documentary that, um, about the Monaco Grand Prix and it had a younger Charles was in it talking. And then the Prince, um, he kind of hosted it and it took place in, in his, like he started in his house. But here's some really cool stuff. And I wish I would have taken notes because there's more than what I'm going to remember right now. But did you know that, you know, how we time, we use time to determine the starting grid for the race, right? That's not how it used to be back in the day. They would just kind of pull names and that's where you started. Monaco, Monaco said, you know what? We should time them. We should time them going around the on a lap and then that's so cool so they started that's how we set the grid can you imagine we're just gonna do a bingo thing that, that's what they were doing and they you know they take oh well you picked first you're you know and, and we know oh monaco's God. like tough to, <laughs> to to pass on so but it wasn't just the monaco race it was like all, all races, races all the races um the other thing that they started was the marshals so there was um a really, really bad accident. I can't remember who it was, but he crashed into the wall and the car caught on fire. And unfortunately the driver ended up passing away a couple days later. And the King at the time was like, you have got to make this safer. Like we have got, you know, we've got to do something to make this more safe. And so they started the whole Marshall thing and they started doing, um, like testing and, and they would practice, you know, in the weeks leading up to. So I thought that was pretty interesting too. I'll have to think about what some of the other stuff was because there was a lot of, there was like at least four different things where it's like Monaco started that, that was not the norm. And the Monaco I'll Grand Prix that. are the, are the people who made what we see nowadays, like happen. I told you, I, I was really paying attention to the fact they talked about how they practice for, they were talking about it's like six weeks prior to the race. Yeah. To get everybody out there to practice and they, they have the large number of cranes that they have out there to just plop those cars up and out so quickly and so that yeah. way the race continues and because we've seen we've seen cars red flags to stall the race forever and it's like wow well, with monaco yeah. we've got two little places but they're just like it's like you know it, they, they've practiced the like you know the crane game getting the, the prize out of the crane game super quick yeah. <laughs> like, like, exactly. Oh, <laughs> exactly. I will look up and I will post this week what it is because if you can find it, it's so interesting. And also talking about just they actually um over the years have tried to get Monaco off of the race calendar and how like that people were like, no, it's this is one of our favorite races. It's a it's not very long, 
Um, and so if you're into Formula One, I would just highly recommend. I'm going to look really quick to see if, because I took a picture of it when I was watching. I found it. Monica Graham feeds a legend. I think I just found it. Oh, did you? Yeah, it's like an hour long. Yeah, it's like an hour long. And you can see a young Charles Leclerc. And um, yep, Monaco Grand Prix, the legend. Um, and it's it's just, the whole thing is so, so interesting. And I kind of wish I would have seen that before the Monaco Grand Prix. <laughs> but anyways, it's good to know because it really, a lot of the things that they, they did and they instituted is stuff that's still happening today. So I have to go watch it. Kind of fun. Kind of fun. All right. I can't believe we're coming up on an hour and we have like just chit-chatted basically. I know. And it was going to be a short one. We're going to wrap it up right now. We're going to talk about the Canadian Grand Prix next Sunday. Um, so 70 laps, two DRS zones. This is what I think is kind of interesting. The track sits on an island. So the island is man-made and it was created for the World's Fair back in the 60s. And they were kind of like, after that and after the olympics they were kind of like what do we do with this and they decided to make it um a car track a, a racetrack so kind of fun um it's fast it's got a lot of low down force it's apparently a driver's favorite track um they really like it and i will say that i have heard from people like at the austin race that we went to and then on the bus um out to barcelona we heard English couple talking about it, but a lot of fans will say it's one of their favorite races too. Like you need to go now you take a train across and I've heard it's gotta be elbows out because it's just, <laughs> there's really only a couple ways onto that Island, but they say like they bring you food to your seats and it's just like a big party, right? The whole, the whole, where we need to go next, next year. I kind of looked at going this year and it was already sold out. So I, this is high, high, high up on my, my list. And they say like the town turns into like an F1 town. Like it's just a big party. And that's what we experienced in Austin. Like from the moment you landed in the airport, there's, you know, car on display, there's stuff on the floor. That's like, welcome F1, you know, stuff is everywhere. And everywhere you go in town, like it's just a big party. Barcelona, the absolute opposite. When we landed at the airport, we were kind of expecting something a little bit similar to what we saw in Austin. And maybe if you didn't blink, one of the TVs up above had a flash something about an F1 race and then it was gone. It was on to the next thing. And I think because Barcelona is so big and, and they did stuff, but it was down at a port. And so that was kind of far from where we were at. You didn't see a whole lot of stuff about one which totally surprised me i i just figured wherever f1 is being raced that the town is is like all in yeah and even walking around we didn't see a ton of people wearing you know their their gear so i thought that was kind of interesting so apparently the uh canadian grand prix it is a big f1 town um okay back to the track there's a lot of heavy braking chicanes there's a famous hairpin there, um, out of coming out of the corners, it's really quick. And at the very end, I think it's lap or turn 13 or 14, they call the wall of champions. And if you're coming out of that corner, like too hot, you could be like Michael Schumacher and Seb and Damon Hill, who have all slammed into that wall. (laughs) So (laughs) the wall of champions, woo. 
Um, so anyways, it should be a lot of fun to watch. It's Lance Stroll's home race. So I'm sure Papa Stroll will be prominently um, all over that track as well. There's a lot of fires happening up in Canada, but it's apparently not an issue um, there. These are, I think the fires are more east, so they don't think that'll be a problem and should be racing as, as normal. So, okay. Well, so good. there it is. That's I'm your little, for it. what's that? So I'm excited for it. I, I definitely have to, definitely have to try to go the next year if that's the case. No, I, I am torn between like that and Silverstone and Monaco, but I keep hearing great things about Canada. And again, when we heard the couple talking on the bus about like, you know, that's definitely one you need to go to. I don't know. I think my F1 experiences person sent me an email like two months ago that tickets were available. So may have missed the boat again, but we'll see. I'll take a look at the map of it. That's so cool. Yeah. So, and with the cars being as quick as they are this year, like it should be really, it should be a good race. I'm really hoping for a lot of fun. We need a good, fun, exciting race. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And then it's um and then the timing of it. I was looking at the timing of it because it's, Ooh, it's a US race. Yeah, I think it's late for you because it's eleven a.m. for me on the West Coast. Well, it, at least it's like after work on Friday, so I don't have to worry about any meetings. And then Saturday and then Sunday. Well, it's, it's eight p.m. Oh, that's eight not to ten. Let's eight to ten. So that's not that bad. Yeah, so if we recorded like right after it, we could if we wanted. Yep. I'm down. Unless we want to wait until like Monday after break, yeah. I think. But um, yeah, but yeah, we'll I could do it right after. We'll see. Okay. It's Yay. also Father's Day in the U.S. It is Father's Day in the U.S. Well, I'll just have to see my dad after the race. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Priorities. Yeah. Priorities. <laughs> Alrighties. <laughs> All right. Well, this yeah. is fine. I'm glad you're starting to feel better. We're talking getting there. Talking about a fun pumps you up, man. What's that? Talking about a fun pumps you up. It does. It gets me excited. Now, yeah. Put my hat back on. My she loves the grid hat. I'll wear my shirt next week. Yeah, Claire's got a shirt. I got the hat. Voila. I have the hat too. I just I didn't want to wear the hat today. One, I mean. It'll be oh, weird over my headphones, but I just got my hair dyed, so yeah. Yeah, I need to flat or iron this so it's not as crinkled anymore. But <laughs> all right, race week right. again. We're done. We're done. We're out of here. Thanks again, everyone, for a long ride and our silliness and chatterness, and we have so much fun on this. We appreciate everybody. Yes. And we are off. We'll see you guys after Canada. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week.